So, Michelle. So, David. How's your International Women's Day week been? International Women's Day? Well, don't really ask me what it's about because I think the whole thing's a crock of shit. Well, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I find it a <laughs> bit strange that we have to have a day, right? Where, like, what, why, do we, why do we do that? It's... I, look, I have a real issue with any kind of forced agenda where tokenism. you have... To- it is complete tokenism. I don't want cupcakes. I don't want balloons. Yeah. I want real, open, honest dialogue. I just think we need to stop. I'm really glad you want real, open, and honest dialogue because Why? I really want to have a bit of an open and honest dialogue about the intelligence community and the role of women within it. Oh, my God. So we're not talking about your lame outfit today. No, we're talking about my <laughs> second favourite subject in the world, which is women. Okay. Right? And the fact that... If that's your second favourite topic. What's your first? Oh, I'm sitting right here. <laughs> right. So I okay. want to talk about women in intelligence. Yes. Because there's been a real movement to recruit women back into intelligence. And there's a really interesting reason why they haven't been intelligent, particularly in Australia. Okay. So let's talk about women. Let's dive in. <laughs> Never use the word dive in when we're talking about women. No, let's tuck in. No, let's just let's go. Let's get on with it. You're listening to I Spy, the liberated woman of Australian intelligence. Michelle, I refuse to wear this bra. Okay. Or or should I? No, I think you need some help there in the breast department. Yeah, these moobs are really getting out of control. Yeah, please hike them up. (gasps) Not too much. Hello and welcome to I Spied. My name is Michelle Stevenson. I'm here with David Callan and today we're going to talk about women in the spy profession. Exactly. Now, the interesting thing is we've done an episode about famous female spies, right? We have. And a lot of that was centred around World War II. Okay. Now, I'm going to talk about three women from World War II. Yeah. You're going to love these names. Coral Hines. Coral Hines. Great. Coral. such, Such a 40s name. I know, right? Joyce Grace. Joyce. And Ailsa Hales. Coral, Joyce, and Ailsa. Uh, it might be Isla. Ailsa. Isla. I reckon it's Isla. Where's she from? They're all from Brizzy. Oh. Three ladies from Brizzy who are known as the Garage Girls. Oh, my God, I love well, this. Well, they're the three surviving Garage Girls. Okay. Right. Now, these women worked in a garage in a mansion in Brisbane as cryptographers. Yep. Okay. They were working with British cryptological or cryptographic machinery mm-hmm. to decode Japanese and German signals. And, in fact, uh, they're regarded as being instrumental in the victory at the Battle of Midway. Right. And also instrumental in getting Admiral Yamamoto, the guy who was in charge of the Japanese fleet at Pearl Harbor and Midway, getting his plane shot down and having him killed. Right. right. So these are three w- women that were instrumental in the victory in the Pacific for the Allies, right? Now, when do you think they were recognised for their work? Last week. January. (laughs) I think it was January. I mean, it takes a while for a woman to be recognised for anything. (laughs) Exactly. All right, so these women were all given the Australian Intelligence Medal about... Yeah, you know, 80 years on. Wow. One of them is waiting for her. Like, it's basically arrived just how, in time for How are they still alive? Women live longer than men. Oh, yeah, that's true as well. And, you know, that's, an, that's another thing we're exceedingly good at. Well, this is the thing. We're going to talk about the things you're exceedingly good at. And the thing is, women have always had a really, really big role in intelligence. It's mm. just been unsung, right? There's a great thing. I found this. I, I put into Google, have a go. It's really worth it. Just put women in intelligence. And it gave me uh, an academic article, but then it had all of the articles that they used as references. And there's one, the the women spas of the Confederacy. (laughs) And basically, it was the women in the Civil War in America 
and their role and how they, they change things. And the thing is, the problem that women have is, well, actually, it's not a problem. It's actually a bonus for them mm. in the spying industry, is you're regarded as as delicate and, uh, and not too bright and just pretty and then yes. stand in the background and make us men feel good. And also women would be around like serving drinks, like they would be privy to so many top-level conversations because men would not be taking them seriously. They wouldn't even acknowledge that they're in the room. Wow. You just nailed that cross. Okay, <laughs> that's the big thing. It got to the point where intelligence, the intelligence arms of both sides mm. were recruiting maids because maids hear, overhear things and no one pays attention to them. No. But a lot of the, the mistresses of the house, oh, rant, right, they were also being used. Now, one of the things they used to use to communicate, they would tie messages into their underwear, yep. um, into their hoop skirts, into the ribbons in their hair. The other thing they used was the laundry. The way they hung the laundry would oh. be a signal to an observer that something is going to happen. Like, like Morse code, like underpants, underpants, yeah. bra, T-shirt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? So, you know, it could be sort of like, well, Miss Scarlet, the battle will be commenced at dawn tomorrow. You know, yeah. Missy, hang up my red bloomers. But, ma'am, there's nothing wrong with your red bloomers. Missy, do not ask questions. This is for the war, right? <laughs> so this was what was going on. These yep. women were operating behind the scenes. But... Well, behind the scenes, but in plain sight. Yes. Right, and this is one of the really big talents that you get with female spies is they're always underestimated. 100%. I think women in general have always been underestimated, which has kind of been, well, it's kind of worked in our favour. Exactly, right. Now, another great person, and we've this is part of these women of World War II. Uh, the name is Noor Inayat Khan. Now, mm-hmm. Noor Inayat Khan was born of Indian parents. Her father was a Suf- was an, a, a musician and a Sufi philosopher. Yeah. Right. So Indian parents, but born in Moscow. World War One breaks out. The family leaves Moscow, moves to Paris. Right. And so they live out their lives in Paris. And while she's in Paris, Noor studied psychology. Yeah. At the Sorbonne, and then studied the harp at the Conservatory of Paris. World War Two breaks out. They jump across the Channel, and they're in England. Right. She gets recruited by SOE as a radio operator. Now, and look, I think we should do an episode about Nora herself. She's an incredible person. All right. But she was really badly regarded by her trainers who thought she was uh, weak, uh, not, you know, didn't have the, the willpower. Now, the interesting thing about it is one of the last exercises you go through with, with training, or they did go through, was you were captured by the Gestapo tortured. Right, So you could be prepared for when you got captured by the Gestapo and tortured. And basically her instructor said she just fell apart like a cheap suit. She's hopeless. What's the point? One of the great things in having done something similar in the code of conduct exercise that I did is tell them everything. The intelligence is dead. By the time you're captured, it's already over. All right, Whatever you know is generally irrelevant. So essentially, they went. She's no good, and it was Vera Atkins who was the like the controller of SOE, the the woman who really ran it. She turned around and went, don't be stupid. She's going to be the best we've got. She was the first radio operator to go into Paris. She was one of the last captured and, of course, tortured and then executed by the Gestapo in Dachau. Oh. Not a pleasant story. No. Right. They Nothing pleasant about now, that. a lot of people said she deserves at least an MBA. Oh, no, we, well, there's no body, so how do we know she's dead? It's like... She, she died in Dachau, guys. Yeah. yeah. There are plenty of bodies, but bottom line is you're never going to find the body, right? There are memorials for her, but the, the first real memorial, the first recognition she got was in 2012 when the Princess Royal 
unveiled her bust, a statue of her in the Gordon Square Gardens in London. So there's this thing where it takes so long for this recognition to happen. Now, one of the Whereas other- like men just get recognition for opening a door and walking through it. Well, you know. I do it so well, don't yeah. you agree? Oh, sorry, we're talking about me. Yeah. We shouldn't do that. <laughs> oh, that's your first favourite topic. We're on to the second. Second favourite topic. Now, here's the thing. One of the interesting things that happened, all of these women after World War II, they just went back to their lives. They yep. weren't, now, they weren't asked to stick around. They were just like, thanks, good work, girls. Thank you, ladies. You can go now. Well, I think it was also um, when all of this was going on, the men were fighting on the front lines and the women, you know, really needed something to do. They, were, they wanted to help and support the war and their country well, and it was, this was the way they could do it. Beyond that. We didn't have anyone else to do it. Yeah, exactly. Right? So we that I mean, and that's been the big thing with women's liberation. World War Two was sadly a benchmark that we mm. needed to have in our society to get women into the workforce. Now the interesting thing was, once we got them into the workforce, Australia particularly had this thing called the marriage bar. Oh, what's this? Once you got married, you had to leave the public service because you couldn't possibly be a public servant and oh. look after your family. Oh. And, oh. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me while I no, get real mad. It wasn't. No, 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 it wasn't me. I didn't do it. I didn't come up with this. This is this is again. I, I, it's one of these rabbit holes that I've been down for the last week because I went. This would be an interesting topic. And oh down God. the black hole I go. Yeah. And when I came across the marriage bar, uh, uh, funnily enough, I sort of turned around and went to my wife. I went, "Did you know?" And she's there with a cigarette and a glass of wine, going, "Yes, I fucking knew." I'm like, "Whoa, okay, it wasn't me, right?" Now the the marriage bar was simply this. If you got married and you were in the public service, that was it. You couldn't work there anymore. I can't. Right? Because they didn't. And this is a quote from the Menzies government. Oh, here we go. They did not want to distract women from their domestic duties. This is the other reason I wanted to do this because I just wanted to see you gasping for words. <laughs> Literally, I'm just sitting here wringing my hands yeah, and like yeah. there is no words. There are no the, knuckles whiter than Michelle's right I now. Can't, I can't even, especially off the back of International Women's Day. Exactly. Even though I don't believe in it, but like also what happened and how far we have come now. Mm. Like just the idea, it's like that whole thing like, you know, when women go away for the weekend yep. and the dads are babysitting. Yep. No, you're taking care of your children. You're, you're being a father. <laughs> yeah. You're being a dad. I mean, I had this experience when my <laughs> wife went to Europe for a couple of weeks because a friend was having a 40th. I mean, that's how I got my watch. It's a long story that's not for this podcast. Right. But basically it was like she was like, but I can't leave you. But this is my wife. She said, yeah. but and the boys were what? Um, three and one, and yeah. she went, but I can't leave you with them. Like, Why not? They're my kids. It's yeah. my job to do this. Yeah. And, you know, big mistake because now she just like goes, they're yours, they're yours, they're yours. I know, I know. My husband did the same thing very early on and like, you know, now I'm never home. You're never home. My, my son's like, who is this strange lady that comes in all That's the time? That's what my boys do too. Who's this chick, right? It's your mother. Really? Oh, okay, cool. Well, some right. of us have to go out there and live the life. Anyway. Now, here's the thing. Um, there was a report done in 1958 because one of the interesting things is the women, our, our garage girls, worked for a thing called the Central Bureau. Oh, now, the Central sounds Bureau, important. Yeah, morphed into the Defence Signals Directorate, which is now the Australian Signals Directorate. And can I caveat with the fact that when I was in the Army Reserve, yes. I was in Signals. Yeah. Now, why was I in Signals? Because when I joined the Army Reserve, there was only three options for women in the Army Reserve. Signals. Signals. Nursing. Nursing. Catering. Yes. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> I couldn't now, do anything else. And Signals was the most interesting. Now, here's the thing. That was another thing that came up when they were sort of like uh, just on the Garage Girls. 
they I don't know if they stuck around. Some of them did. Mm. But the interesting thing was the director of the Signals Directorate turned around and went, yeah, we don't care that they're not allowed. We're not allowed to have this many women. We want them because they're good. They yeah. were really good at what they did. Well, because it's Morse code and problem solving. Like it's, it makes sense that a woman would be good at it. Yeah. Now the other thing that was really interesting was they basically turned around. It was another thing. They had this big, like a, a report came out in 1958 and was presented to cabinet saying, look. These women, this marriage bar is stupid. Like yes. we're losing a lot of talent. To which one of the cabinet ministers' response was, "Yes, but we can. You know, I understand we can hardly ask men to type, but surely we can get young women in because we don't need them to have brains." And it was just like, "Oh my, I can't like I." Oh, it makes me nauseous. Now, here's the thing. You would not expect that the front bar of a pub in Brisbane would be the breaking point of the marriage bar. I don't know. I feel like Brisbane is the breaking point for right. so many things. The front bar. Okay, so we. this is 1965 now. This was still, like, the year I was yep. born, this was still in place. So two women, Merle Thornton. Merle. Merle Thornton and Rosalie Bogner. Oh, my God. These are so Aussie, these names. I love it. <laughs> my mum's name's Rosalie. Yeah. Yeah, tops, mate. Rosalie Bogner. They chained themselves to the front bar of the Regatta Hotel in Brisbane as protest because not only were women not allowed to work after they got married, women were also not allowed in the front bar no. of hotels. No. That's why you had the ladies lounge out the back. Because you had the family section. It's kind of very similar to like when you go to Saudi Arabia and they have the male only section in yeah. all the restaurants and then they have the family section where the women are allowed. Exactly, the women so and the kids. So Australia in the 60s was very similar to Muslim culture. Yeah. Yeah, not not at all. Yep, I will not argue that at all. Now, interestingly enough, a lot of women wouldn't want to go into the front bar because back in the day of the six o'clock swill, like literally, you'd be standing there with workers that were ploughing through beers as much yes. as possible. And that that's probably where the term wife beater came from. Yeah, the wife beater, and also that's why most old Australian pubs were nothing but tile in the front bar because after the, after 6 o'clock you'd hose it out because it was full of vomit. Well, and also let's be real in the 60s, that was kind of the generation that had come back from war, they had yep. PTSD, they never spoke about it. Yep. So what they would do is they'd go to the pub, and they'd get shit-faced and then they'd start punching. Right, so these two women... Because God forbid anyone should talk about their feelings. Now, yeah, well, <laughs> hang on, because, you know, we're blokes, we don't do that. No. So, these two women chain themselves as a bar and it is so explosive, it's being reported in newspapers in London, New York, Moscow, everywhere. Yep. My God, these two women aren't allowed to drink in a bar. This is ridiculous. So what they do is they turn around, right, and someone goes, like, Four Corners interviews them both. And yep. this is where one of them, and I believe it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was Merle. Merle. Merle turned around and said, well, I had to quit my job at the ABC when I fell pregnant because I was hiding the fact that I was married. Because if I told somebody I was married, I was going to get the sack. As soon as I got pregnant, it was obvious I was given this. I was sacked. Ugh. And it was like that's when the entire country went, hang on, what? What? And then, interestingly enough, I think it was a, it was Billy McMahon, right? Bill Hayden brought a private member's bill to change it. But Billy McMahon turned around and went, look, we need to change this mm. for two reasons. One, it's unfair. And two, it's an embarrassment internationally. It's like we're meant to be a progressive nation and yet we're turning around going, yeah, 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 as soon as you get married, get behind the sink and start pumping out babies. Yeah. Right? So this was a massive change. And it also – what was interesting is through all of this though, the intelligence community were like basically going, you're married? Yeah, shut up. 
Yeah, like, don't say anything. But in intelligence, it would have been a problem if you were married because that is a point of compromise. 100%. Right. But what about men? They were married. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, that they don't have to worry about the stuff because there's the lady at home doing all of that and I just get to go to the front bar and have a beer and then go and do my job, which is really important. Right, yeah, because only women are compromised. Yeah, only women can... No, but hold on. It's not going to cost me my job to get married if I'm a guy. It's going to cost you your job. Oh, I get, I, I'm hearing you loud and clear. Exactly, right? Now, the interesting thing is what's happening now. Let's jump forward to now. People are suddenly realising that, my God, women are really, really good at this. Oh, because why? We can keep secrets? <laughs> well, what, point one, you can keep secrets yes. better than men. Point two. Do you know how many secrets I keep from my man? Um, plenty, I'm sure. <laughs> At least two. Yeah. He doesn't know about this podcast, does he? He doesn't know what I do every week between <laughs> the hours of 11 and 12. Look, I can keep secrets with my wife. It's just, it's pointless. There's, I don't have any secrets worth keeping. You can't keep a secret. You just tell everyone everything. What? I look, look, I used to work for ASIO. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. Now, damn. <laughs> right. Now, the interesting thing is, why do women, why are women better at keeping secrets than men? Um, because in silence. No, no, you've got an idea. Go no, because, because our brains are structured in such a way that we don't have to tell everyone everything. And why is that? Why is our, our brain structured Ooh, in such a way or why? There's a simple, there's a three word answer to this. Okay. What's the three words? Ego. Oh yeah. We don't have ego. Well, you do have egos, but you can. I mean, keep... I have an ego. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why we had to move into a bigger studio. <laughs> We're literally in a bigger studio. The bigger studio in place simply to fit our egos. No. Right? Yeah. And also the hot air that comes out of your mouth. And my shoes. Um, <laughs> Now, the whole thing is, men like to boast. We do. It's the thing oh, that yeah. we like to do. Now, interestingly enough, and it's something that my wife said is, one of the things that is really important about women being spies is a middle-aged woman is virtually invisible. Yeah. And that is so very well, true. Well, not anymore because middle-aged women are the new 20. Yeah, but still, to men, you're kind of invisible. What? Can you I'm not so see me? I can, <laughs> but remember, I've got my feminist glasses on. Uh, you totally do. Have I'm such a feminist. They, uh, they are feminist glasses. You could put that face on the ABC. <laughs> with this beard? Of course we could. Yeah. Now, there's a, a couple of other things. There was an intelligence officer who went across to Israel to do a training uh, module with them and then came out and basically went, all of their trainers are women. They're yeah. all women. And not only are they women, they're really, really good at what they do. Really, really good at what right? they do. So this is the thing. We've, we're, the other thing that women can do, you multitask very well. Yep. But the other thing that's, that was really apparent with this guy when he came out of this training module, he said that the women that were in the training module, and it was a recruitment of human, oh, human so human in sources, he said the women were all over the men for it. Right. right. Because aid is a natural empathy. But also, and please don't at me with, oh, they're all horrible generalizations. And where would we at you? If you want to at me, at me at <laughs> iSpied Podcast on Twitter. At um, iSpied Podcast on Twitter. Yeah. Feel free to at me so we can have this fight. Yes, I am being very generalist in what I say, but there are basic, like, fundamental differences between men and women. Men are from. Mars and women of America. God, I think that's a stupid Venus thing. and someone's got Uranus? I don't know. <laughs> and men are from Uranus. Uh, <laughs> that's where men are from. Uranus, right? Now, there's also, uh, and don't get, don't get cross when I say this, there is a natural mothering instinct in women. 
Sorry, right. I just tuned out. Were you speaking? Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> but there is a natural nurturing instinct within women. There is. And the thing is, that is an incredibly powerful tool for an intelligence officer because you make people feel comfortable. Yes. Right? Whereas men, I mean, it was a, an interesting thing. Men, where, men, are, men show indifference. Yes. Whereas women can engage. Yes, right. On a maternalistic level. Yeah, on a maternalistic level, where a paternalistic level is uh, is a look down yes. sort of attitude, a maternalistic level is a look across kind of attitude where yep. you're, you're, you're trying to meet on the same level as opposed to coming down and imposing, you're trying to nurture and create, right? So the interesting – and that with a human source is a really, really powerful tool. Yeah. There was a great story. Uh, there was a female intelligence officer back at ASIO when I was there and she had a problem with the source because she just hated him. He was, as she said, he's just loathsome. He's the most oh, yeah. loathsome person I've ever met. And everyone was like, a lot of the guys are like, yeah, well, you know what? I just put my foot down and tell him this mm. is the way it is and this is what's got to be. That's not going to work. If you've got a guy who is at, like a coming at you with that kind of thing, yeah. it's an old impro thing. If someone comes at you with a high status play, you come back with a low status play to unbalance them. I mean, I work in media. This is what I do for a living. You do it for a living. <laughs> now, the, the funny thing about it was she actually – found out that he was a fan of a certain football club down in Melbourne. Yeah. Right. So she got tickets to that game. Oh, yeah. And went loved with it. him. And the thing is, he was like sitting there and she's sitting next to him and then the ref made a call against his team and she just arced up and started screaming, like swearing like a sailor, you know, going the full whole hog. And after that, the guy was putty in her hands 100%. because he basically turned around and went, I know where you come from, mate. This is unfair, right? And as soon as you went, you understand that that referee, you must understand who I am. Yeah. And but because men are basic bitches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not fair, right? You, so, to- you totally are. Just understand your sports and what teams you align with, and we totally understand you. Oh, look, I, I, I don't disagree with that at all. Now, the other thing that women have that is really important is that multitasking thing. Yes. Which is what I found fascinating that the whole marriage bar idea was you can't possibly run a household and work in a Right, I'm writing a novel as I speak to you. Yes, you are. Writing a novel (laughs) and can I tell you, that flambe looks fabulous. And you're waving to people outside the studio. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I will no. There's people that I know that my fans they just they flock flock in and out, and I'm just waving at them. I'm going to swap and sit in that chair next week, and I'm guaranteed there'll be no one I know. They'll all look in and go, "Oh, that's the back of Michelle's head." Sorry, it was just the Burgess brothers. The Burgess Brothers. Luke and Sam Burgess. Oh my God! Yes, of course you know them. So the other thing about women is your street smarts. Oh yeah. Right now, incredibly. You know why? Why? Because we have always been under attack in some form or another. Exactly. Now, interestingly enough, uh, and funnily enough, I'm referring a lot to my wife in this episode, mainly because she's my favourite person. Oh, that's yeah. so sweet. She stops. <laughs> now, we have a funny thing. I, I, my wife's an exceptionally intelligent person. I personally mm. believe that she would be very much... Uh, attractive to an intelligence service in something like a Vera Atkins role as right. a control. not Probably not in the field, that's not her jam, but put her in control, like running an operation, yeah. she'd do that brilliantly. Now, the thing is, we have a thing, you know, we both regard ourselves as being relatively intelligent people. Yep. Now, I regard myself as clever, she regards herself as smart, and we work it this way. I'm clever enough to get myself out of trouble. Yes. She's smart enough not to get into trouble in the first place. Now, that's a really important skill for a spy. Uh, men – and we, we – the other thing is culturally we've basically made that 
created this idea, this myth, that female spies are either you know, sad little ingenues that need to be protected by James Bond mm. or psychopathic sex fiends who just want to kill you and eat your liver, right? And that basically describes pretty much my love life in my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> like when I was some crackers. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I still have half my liver. Right. But here's the thing. Street smarts will get you out of a lot of trouble. Yeah. Trying to barrel your way through a problem can save you. You can Jason Bourne your way out of it, but isn't it better to not have to Jason Bourne your way out of it in the first place? Yeah. I mean, and that's the question that a lot of people are asking is, why don't we get a female James Bond? And the I think the simple answer to that would be is there wouldn't be enough killing. Well, to be honest, I don't think a female James Bond would work. It's kind of like when they had a female Doctor Who. I don't know if you're a Doctor Who fan. And they had their very first female Doctor Who. Now, I didn't quite mind her, but there are some characters in James Bond is one of them that are inherently masculine. Yeah. And I, and I don't think that there's a problem with that. I don't think everything has to be gender neutral. No, I think that is one of the problems we do have at the moment is there's this whole idea, oh, it's got to be gender neutral. No, I don't think so. You know, I mean, and also women like to see a hot man on screen killing people. <laughs> Don't we all? I know. Um, I personally like to see a psychopath eating someone's liver, but that's just me. Um, right. It yeah. puts the lotion on uh, the yeah. body. It puts the, it puts the lotion on its skin. Uh, right. Now, the other thing women have, that uh, a skill that women naturally have is they're better listeners. Yep. You know, present company excluded. What? I literally spend my whole time listening to you. That is that is my actual job. It because is. Because you talk a lot. I do. <laughs> and you know, as my wife said, my God, that woman's got to have the patience of Joe <laughs> almost as much as me. I there, live with you. I mean, there are some times when you're talking and I'm literally thinking about things that I have to do this afternoon. But like, apart from that, sorry, I listen what? mostly. Sorry, I wasn't listening. Oh, your girl was speaking. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, now, the other thing is women have built-in cover stories. And this goes back to this idea of invisibility. Yes. Right? Now, the interesting point was there was a, an intelligence officer in the, the US who got caught by one of – she was having a dinner meeting with a source, right? So let's go to a restaurant where no one's going to know yeah. me. That'll be fine, blah, 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 blah. She goes into this restaurant and sits down with this guy and looks across the room and it's a friend looking yeah. at her with a shocked expression on her face. So she just sort of like smiled and nodded and then went back to the conversation with her source going, I'm just going to ignore this and I'll explain later on. She got home that night and her husband went, are you having an affair? Mm. Right Now the husband knew what she did for a living and he basically turned – she turned around and went, it was a work thing. And he just like went, are you sure? Yeah. Right? Even he was like, hang on a minute, I don't – I, I don't know if I can trust you. And she said, X saw me, you know, our friend saw me yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I was with, you know, I can't tell you who I was with or why I was with them. It was work. Yeah. Right? Now, we, you automatically have a thing. People are not going to go, oh, she's having a meeting with a, a strange guy. It must be a spy thing. People are going to go, an affair. That's the way people yeah. think. So right. it's like the perfect cover story. It's, you basically have an inbuilt cover story. Yes. Is people will assume before that, that you're just having rampant sex outside of your marriage. Yeah, you know that's which <laughs> that happens it, to me. It couldn't possibly be a work thing because <laughs> yeah. she's a woman. Because she's a woman, and she just if there's a guy there, she's instantly going to want to have sex. She clearly wants to have sex with that man because she's there with him. On the flip of it, yes, that's an exceptionally powerful tool for yes, women. Yes, because oh, was, we fly under the radar. But like sex. We're talking oh. sex. Oh, yeah, sex in itself is also – there was one of the SOE I mean, I don't, I don't consider it a tool. I consider using tools, but like <laughs> – <laughs> 
<laughs> and the information level has <laughs> crashed through the ceiling. I just the, love seeing your face when I say shit like that. Yes, oh, really? Is it, ooh, is it a love honey tool? I like it when it vibrates. God, I just got to stop watching late night television. Right. Yeah. There was an interesting story about a, an SOE operative in World War II who, and she used sex like a weapon. She slept with everyone. She was the liberator. Maybe she liked it. Well, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. No. If you, if you like a bit of rough and tumble, go for it. Yeah. But the thing was, it actually wound up in killing her. Like, yeah, not that way. What? 50, in 1954, this woman basically slept around Europe and spied on everyone while doing it. Love gathered it. Gathered a whole heap of information. And then one of her lovers, you know, one of her, basically one of her targets, found out that she'd been sleeping around in 1952 or 1954. I can't remember. And then killed her. And they killed them. They, they, they killed her. Oh. Right, because how dare you? And it wasn't because but how dare you be in charge of your own sexuality? Yeah, but it wasn't because you spied on yeah, me yeah, and made yeah. me look like a fool. It was you slept with somebody else. I'm like, devil. Hey, dude, you slept with other people. I know. Well, I mean, you can't use that argument on men; they just don't understand. Yeah, well, I do. I get it totally. I mean, the funny thing was, as my wife said, you know, when we first met, you know, I, I've had other boyfriends. What? Yeah. Wait, wait what? Really? I know. So. It's like whenever I say in in company, like when we have people over, they don't quite know my backstory. And I'm like, well, you know, my ex-husband. And then Ethan always, my husband always likes to say in the back, like, you were married? You were married? Of course. <laughs> Just to get shock out of everyone. The greatest joke ever. Yeah. yeah. So the whole thing is, it's like, and this is and getting to the point that I'm trying to make here is we have underestimated 50% of our potential intelligence assets for decades. Well, I think we're at 60% now. Isn't there more women than men? I think it's 52 or 54. No, there's a lot more of us. Really? Yes. Yes, yes. The best people in the world are And expanding. we're still not sleeping with men. <laughs> exactly. We don't care. We, that's what porn is for. Um, that's, why, that's why there's incels. That's, yeah, that's why there's incels. I find that interesting. There are incels, but they're outnumbered. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, because because we're we're a little bit more pickier now. Choosier. Yeah. Really? But there's so many options. I know. Exactly. Not really. So like in China, the, here's the thing. China is far, facing a massive population crisis because of the one-child policy. Oh, yeah. Do you reckon? Yeah. If you're a girl <laughs> over there, you're bankable. I'll be, and also because they were, they would quite often, this is quite sad, they would kill, because of the one-child policy, they yeah. would kill the, the girls. They, they kill would kill the them to until get the to, get, to get the son yeah. because they needed the boy to take care of them in their old age. Exactly. I mean, who could have seen that that was a flawed policy? Yeah, who, yeah, and who would have thought that a woman couldn't look after her parents if she no, needed to? No, well, it's China. So. Right. Now, the interesting thing is all of this is – they're also playing into things like uh, wage equality, yep. superannuation. One of the things that happened if you were – once you left the – public service, mm. if you got married and left the public service, you lost your superannuation as what well. What the actual fuck? Yeah, right? <laughs> so bottom line. Okay. There's a, there's Get a to the bottom line. Of, there's a couple of really good stories that uh, I'd like to talk about. One was the CIA, the CIA agent or officer who basically called her kids and went, do you want to come and have lunch with me? Mm. And they went, yeah. And she drove them into Langley. Like, what's going on? They got their you – know, she just flashed her car yeah. and then – they were like critically inspected by the guards and like given visitors passes. And Amazing, like, Mum, what's going on? I work for the CIA, and they were like, like the great thing was the son was like, cool. I know, right? How do like what a master yeah. move? But this is the thing, and uh, another a British intelligence officer who basically all of her boyfriends she mm. cracks their passwords 
and PIN Amazing. numbers Amazing. for their phones and for their social media so she brain. can track them. And they never know. That's brilliant. But why? Because she's just a girl. Yeah. Right? This is my point. And that's how we can use it for evil. <laughs> we need to get more women into intelligence. We've got Rachel Noble running the ASD and she's doing a freaking bang up job because she's right? a woman you've got you know, Stella Remington's story is incredible uh, but really A they're excellent to have in yeah. your intelligence organisation and B I just really want to see a girl James Bond a Jane Bond a Jane Bond yeah Jane Bond I don't I look like I find like slow processing of, of information really sexy okay that says a lot about you <laughs> so to no, we'll it leave off, it there. <laughs> gents, really, gents, they're better than us. Let's just let them run the world. Finally. Feel free to add me.